It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening to this, everyone. Welcome back to a dad and a daughter talk Notre Dame football. The long range version, Maggie back in Philadelphia, me here on the coast, um, doing our thing. Maggie, how are you going? How is it going? How, you know, congratulations. This is our 80th episode and we crossed over 2000 listens. So how's it, how are you thinking about things, Mags? Uh, you know, enjoyed the, enjoyed the bye week. Yeah. Um, yeah. What'd you do during the bye week? Rested up for today, this week's game? Rested up for the big game. Yeah. You know, yeah just like the players. Yeah. <laughs> so just like the players focusing in, getting, make sure you're not injured anymore, getting healthy. Um, but let's talk, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, well, more than a little bit, but Notre Dame playing Pittsburgh this week. Always a good matchup, even when the teams, or at least one of them is not great, which is the case this year, at least record-wise. Um but we are at the half, basically, of the season. We kind of finished here last week, for those of you that are listening in, and we kind of pick up where we left off. So, um, so far, we have a few questions at the half point. First of all, bowl game discussions have begun. Um, Notre Dame is bowl eligible. Um, I think they've been bowl eligible. Um, oh, no, they just became bowl eligible with their sixth win. Congratulations, Notre Dame. You will be playing in a bowl game. Not a big surprise, but um although does the texas i wonder if the tennessee state games anyway they're bowl eligible may what bowl are we expecting to play in and what would you like to see them play in and then i have another question for you after that so what bowl do you think we're heading towards i mean i don't know specifically because i know that there are certain rules for like yeah right which bowls Notre Dame can play in yeah. because they're independent and where they can right. like fill in right. um I would say a ceiling is that I've heard that mm-hmm. if we are the number one two loss team. Yes, I which think, it looks like we are. Yeah. Then I think we might be able to play in the orange bowl, yeah. perhaps. Um, okay. So that's like, I would say the ceiling. I mean, we're not probably mm-hmm. going to make it to the playoffs this year, but. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. but go ahead. I would say that's like the highest we can go. And then, but realistically, I feel like we could also have a similar thing happen where we're in the Gator Bowl again, um, playing like a more interesting opponent. Okay. I, I think you're right. I think actually, I don't see it as too much of a scene. I think Notre Dame can get to the, the New Year's Six uh, Bowls this year. Uh, again, though, I don't know all the you know play and stuff like that, but I do think there's going to be a lot of losing in front of them. Um, I think um, Ohio State's going to probably lose, although I don't necessarily think they jump ahead of Notre, you know, Notre Dame jumps them because they head to head um but they'll at least lose once it may be twice who knows um although if michigan's not stealing signs who knows how good they are uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think uh, there'll be at least one other team that loses in front i think alabama's gonna lose again um so you know although this, this seems to play a little bit better now but uh i see a, i mean i think who else was in front of them? i should have this in front of me but I think Ole Miss was in front of them. I'm not sure if they are anymore. I can't see them staying. So there's a ton of teams that are in front of them now that will not be. So I see Notre Dame in the New York six, New Year's six. I think they went out and uh, have good momentum going into the bowl season. 
Um, but that brings up to a question, right? And so there are some other options for Notre Dame. And one that we keep hearing about is that Notre Dame might play LSU in kind of a lower tier bowl game, not necessarily a New Year's Six game, uh, but in say, I think, believe the Gator Bowl or one of those like that. Um, so what do you think we should, um, what would you prefer, I should say? Would you rather play in a New York New Year's Six game against, say, a kind of a, a lesser program? Um, say, not even the lesser, like Oklahoma. I mean, that's a pretty big program. Um, or uh, a regular bowl game or a not, not near a six bowl game against LSU, the Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman matchup, which would be gigantic and people are going to be clamoring for it. And which would you prefer? And why? I, well, I feel like I would prefer a near six bowl because I think that it would be a way to prove that this team is not the same as a Brian Kelly team mm-hmm. because mm. then it would kind of take that leap, especially because I believe we can win. Because although we did lose those two games, one of them was against Ohio State and the other one was, I mean, there are many things that goes go into a loss, but I feel like because of exhaustion and the schedule and just kind of the lull of the middle mm-hmm. of the season. So I feel like we could win a New Year's Six Bowl. So I think being in there mm-hmm. would be better. And I also feel like, Yes. I mean, you know, I love a good storyline. So, <laughs> so playing LSU in a bowl would be really awesome. Cause I think we could beat them. Um, but mm. also I feel like it's maybe moving yeah. honestly backwards. Cause I think that Brian Kelly at this point has made it very clear that he is fully LSU and Marcus Freeman is very much now the face of Notre Dame. So like maybe last season, like it would have been more of like a big thing. And I guess like it still would be, but I kind of want to move forward and go into New Year's Six Bowl with Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, and I agree with you. I think it, the New Year's Six is a way better option than than some sort of revenge tour against Brian Kelly, um, because I think you're right. Winning a New Year's Six Bowl game is also revenge against Brian Kelly. So, I mean, two words, one stone. I think it's also better for recruiting. I just think it's just better, less pressure too. It less, it takes away the. Um, the focus on the players and puts it on Kelly. And it's just, I'd rather stay with the, the New York six if we had that choice. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I agree totally with you. And I think you make a good point with, with that. Um, let's talk about, well, I had another question that I thought of this today and I forgot to put it on our notes. So here you go. Here's a curveball. Um, don't you think it's interesting? Maybe it's just an, a, an observation that, Next year, if, isn't that when the 12-team playoff starts? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame would be right there, right? Right there ready to – so I think people need to remember that moving forward, that, um, you know, two lost teams are going to get – especially ones that play a schedule like Notre Dame are going to be in some sort of playoff discussion at least at this point. So wouldn't it be interesting if Notre Dame – if this was a 12-team – and if we're, if we're a 12-team playoff, Maggie, do you think they get in? Um, I mean, I think so. Looking yeah. at our schedule next year, or are you talking about this year? This year, yeah, we'll be in the top. Will we? Will be we be in the top twelve at the end of the season? I guess is what I'm asking. Yes, I believe. I mean, because yeah. then we'd have to lose another game if we weren't. Right, and boy, what a dangerous team their game would be. Because I, I do agree with you that losing to Ohio State by a yard in a game which, if Brown makes an interception, we win, and. Then losing that game against Louisville that we just had a flat game. That's a good Notre Dame team heading in at a number 12 position. That'd be scary for whoever they had to play. Anyway, interesting thought. All right, Maggie, let's talk about the season so far. Who's your player of the first half? 
I mean, I did put down two two players for this. <laughs> um, but I will go. I'll, I'll actually choose one of the two. Okay. I I think that Audric. Est- Sorry. I am not cursing. I am not cursing. That's a foul when Maggie picks two players. That's what happens. I'm choosing one, I swear. Um, I'm choosing Audrey Gasme because I feel like he's had multiple standout performances and just Mm -hmm. been really consistent on the offense. Um, Just like the game where we got interceptions, he would just drive it into the end zone. And like, he hasn't really had like, I guess, did he have like a one big run? He hasn't had like one, like really, really standout. Oh, the Duke game, but um, I think he's definitely improved his draft stock and also just oh, yeah. played consistently well. Like even when we had like those bad games, I feel like he still had a decent game himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be your second player? I'm just interested. Well, I was going to choose a defensive player, which I was going to choose John Baptiste because he's also had multiple standout oh, performances. Yeah, that's a good pick. All right, I'll pick a defense player since I was going to pick Audrey yesterday as well. I think it's pretty obvious he's been the. Offense is most uh, consistent player. Maybe Sam Hartman too, but uh, I will go with Howard Cross. I just think he came kind of a surprise player. Maybe I should pick him up for my surprise player, but I, um, Howard Cross has had just a standout season. I think I saw something today from Pro Football Focus where he's the number two ranked defensive tackle uh, going, which is just shocking. Um, probably means he leaves after this year, although I could see him staying just because size-wise he's not quite NFL size. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, that that's the other thing we're gonna have to talk about coming moving forward is who's staying and who's going. But we'll just save that for another episode, I think, because uh, there's some interesting choices uh, people have to make. Anyway, um, so what's your prediction for the player of the second half? Well, I wanted to be a wide receiver, um, so I'm gonna say Jaden Thomas. I think he's oh. gonna get healthy, maybe not fully this game, but next game, and he'll just have like a great performance against Clemson against Wake Forest and against um Stanford so I think and then I think we'll be it'll be kind of like a full circle like at the beginning of the year he was definitely our number one wide receiver and at the end of the year he solidified that for the next season as well okay uh geez who am I gonna go with for the play I'm gonna go my player the second half will be because of who they're playing I think it will be Sam Hartman I think uh, I know it's not going much out on the ledge uh, but I think uh, I think they're gonna I think the offense is really gonna start moving here, starting with this game against Pitt, which we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, but I think they're really the, the offense is gonna really start to pick it up, especially uh, in the throwing department. All right, Maggie, who, what's your um, what is your uh, let's talk about next year, really? Since I brought up the quarterbacks, a lot of the discussion this week, at least in the press conferences and stuff on the boards I've seen, um, have been. Um, about whether or not Notre Dame needs to go in the transfer portal one more time and get a quarterback. This will be the third time in as many years where they get Jack Cohn and then Sam Hartman. And then, um, well, I guess not three, you know, third time in not as many years, but, and then and now should they get another, what do you think your thoughts on this? Should they get another transfer portal or quarterback? Or are we good with Angeli and maybe, and maybe a Kenny Menchie. I just am so tired. I was tired of it last year when Tyler left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I and I like Sam Hartman, but I'm so tired of like, because think about the transfer portal right now. What quarterback are you targeting? There's well, no quarterback in the transfer portal. Well, not right yet, now. but but supposedly, like, look at the lower tier ones. I think his name's Michael Pratt from Tulane. A lot of buzz about him. I already liked him before. Um, another one could be, 
um, I don't know, some backup somewhere. You, you want you, what you want is an experienced quarterback from a lower division to that puts up good numbers. So I know maybe they go out and get Drake May. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, I just don't like I don't like the fact that like if we get a transfer, that means kind of that we can't recruit at the quarterback position. And I feel like last year, although I really liked Tyler, I think it made more sense because the quarterbacks that we had recruited were Brian Kelly quarterbacks. They were mm-hmm. fit for a different system. They're a Tommy so Reese quarterback. Angeli. Yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. That was my, that was my note. Actually, I was confused. If, uh-huh. But I believe Angeli was actually still recruited when Freeman was there. I yeah. think. He was there, yeah. but he was, so he was at least in the program. But I just don't think that we need an, another like because it made sense oh we're gonna get a new quarterback because we have a new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and yes we could have a new offensive coordinator next season we've discussed this but oh, that was I the just, other go ahead i just don't feel the need especially also because i just don't know what's out there right now like no one's definitively in the portal that i'm like excited about so right. i feel and i like angeli i think he's played well especially in the blue and gold game as a freshman last year so right. well, what about i mean one that the uh, this could just be a dream but how about Cam Rising coming over? How about a Cam Rising? Kind of the same as Sam Hartman. And, and and even more so, I heard someone say, well, what about Cam Rising and Ludwig, who is the Austin coordinator coordinator that Marcus Freeman originally wanted? See, that's a different conversation. But I'm, I feel like <laughs> right now, I feel like right now, I mean, he's not even in the portal. He's not even playing. He hasn't played all season. He's going to take a seventh season, I think, next year. So Yeah. I would be maybe interested in like a – it would be interesting if – um what's his name he won't do it but mm. Dante Moore <laughs> that's what I thought too that's funny you say that I thought that same name but is he really that good I mean like is he any better than, than well, Steve Angeli at this point we recruited him so I yeah. hope he's good I mean he was the number one quarterback but he hasn't played great he was he got benched I mean they're playing uh the other kid now Garber uh, Garber's mm-hmm. yeah but so I thought the I, same thing that's funny yeah I'm hesitant to say that we should go get a transfer also because we're only halfway through the season come on yeah yeah i would like to see more angeli play i i I liked when i saw i mean two years ago in the blue gold game we thought he was great um you know it shows you how fast we kind of get our head turned i would uh i would i think i'd like to stay with what we have and just ride it out um i do understand the need to get some veteran leadership in there maybe even just as a backup to angeli um if someone would want to do that i don't know if anybody would but you know get a lower tier quarterback who's playing at Miami of Ohio or something like that to come in and be your backup that might be and get a Notre Dame degree or play Notre Dame big time football uh, might be better for them. I don't know. I'd be interested to do that. Um, and yet Angeli battled out. I, I understand probably there's some quarterback depth issues that we're going to have next year. When you have Angeli and then behind him, you have Kenny mentioned and behind him, you have CJ Carr, um, presumably. Yeah. But I think this would be the end of this. The, the, if they do get a transfer portal quarterback, I think this would be the last year you'd want to do that because from then on, you do want to play Kenny Menchie. You do want to play CJ Carr, whoever wins between those two, and the other one might leave. Um, and then you have Deuce, Deuce Knight coming up, who you're going to want to play also. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully this starts, a, ends the, the portal. This will be the last time, but we'll see. I don't even, I, I would like to see what Angeli could do before I make the decision. I think you're right. It's a little early for this kind of talk, but it's the bye week and we have to talk about something. So there we go. So we're both voting that we're good, but what we have for now, but we want to see. And you're kind of saying, I don't even know what's out there. So let me see, what, what are my options? Yeah, I would like to, I think end of season would be a different discussion. Okay, so we'll have this discussion again, I'm sure. 
All right, let's get into the game. Let's, what we're here for, let's talk about Notre Dame Pitt. Pitt coming in with a 2-5 and five record um, Saturday at 12.30 at Notre Dame Stadium. 12.30 Pacific time, 3.30 East Coast time. Uh, Notre Dame Pitt. Maggie, any worries about this Pitt Panther team at all? What do you see happening in this game? Pitt, so Pitt, uh, just so you know, um, Pitt's biggest win this year, they beat Wofford. Um, they beat uh, Louisville somehow but i think they were outgained like severely in that game and they've lost to wake forest they've lost to north carolina they lost to west virginia they lost virginia tech a really bad virginia tech team and they lost a not great cincinnati team so um they're coming in here without the quarterback that started phil Dracovic is now a tight end for them supposedly and they got a new quarterback with some the flom or something like some french name anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> something like that um, anyway, watch him, watch him throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And I look like an idiot on uh, Sunday, but, um, anyway, Maggie, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Well, his, his name's like Villo. Yeah. But I think it's spelled like, like Veal or something like that. Like, it's yeah. Really, yeah. It's said differently than it's spelled. Um, I think that this team's kind of confusing because they've lost a lot of games but they did beat louisville by two touchdowns which is something that we couldn't do mm-hmm. um now i don't remember if that game was at no it was at Pitt. um so maybe that's a little bit different but they've had a really up and down season so it makes me a little bit nervous but also it is a home game mm-hmm. and it's after a bye week um and i would hope that everyone's kind of rested up so I would expect a pretty strong performance from hopefully both our offense and defense yeah. um, tomorrow. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when I think of this series, I think, oh, we've got a hard-fought series. It's actually not. Notre Dame's won the last eight games against Pitt. Um, or all the – I'm sorry, all the games in the last eight years, which are only three. But um, the last game they played on, on, on in 2020, Notre Dame won 45-3. to three. So, um, you know, maybe – sorry – so maybe um, we're worrying about too much. You know, I think this is an interesting time for a lot of things. I think Gerard Parker's um, offense needs to take off against this team. They can stop the run. I don't think they can stop the pass. I think it's a great opportunity for Dare to open up the passing game. Um, Rico Flores, Tobias Mayerweather, come on, man. Um, Jaden Greathouse coming back. And, of course, you said Jaden Thomas, which I, I that's a good call for having big bets. I expect receivers, Mitchell Evans, we haven't talked about. Oh, we didn't even talk about the surprise player of the year, did we, Maggie, at the halfway point? Let's go back just a little bit. Well, we'll never mind that. Because Mitchell Evans, I think, was my surprise player of the year. But um, So I expect a, a wide-open offensive attack, and I think their name's defense will shut these guys down. Uh, so I, I'm expecting a blowout. Um, we can get to the score here in a minute, but I don't, I'm not as nervous about this game as I once was. So, Maggie, with that said, who is your offensive player to watch? Um, I So I'm sticking with wide receiver theme. If I was to pick a surprise player from the half, I would have probably picked Faison just because where oh, the heck did yeah, he come from? No kidding. Um, but uh, my reasoning is that the wide receiver is my theme because eventually they all will be players to watch, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's what I'm hoping is if I pick enough of them they'll okay. just start playing well so I'm going with Rico Flores this week because oh, I don't really? think I've picked Rico no and you know he gets in there every once in a while kind of has like it's usually well, when he gets a catch it's pretty a pretty decent reception so I um yeah. I, I'll, I'll pick him I think that um 
one of them's due to have a standout game mm-hmm. because I, I feel like maybe I'm just saying that because it's wishful thinking, but I'm going to go with Rico Flores as my wide receiver this week. I, yeah, I, you know, he, he's, I think he's getting his first start this week. Um, finally, the coach is kind of like we, we had talked about before um, sitting down Tobias and what, you know, results have to count. So a little bit of accountability on Tobias's and Rico Flores has been produ- producing when he's on the field um, to a point that he does deserve the start in this case. Um, I'm going to go with my player of the game. Um, did I go with Chris Tyree last time? I think I did. I'm going to go with him again. I'm, I'm not going to call you on it. <laughs> I'm going with Chris Tyree no. again. Uh, Chris Tyree, he's done. He's, he's good. been good for me before. I think he's going to have at least one touchdown, maybe two. Um, so, yeah, that's my offensive player to watch. I just think it's going to be wide open. Um, I should probably pick Sam Hartman because I think he's probably going to throw for 400 yards. But um, we'll see. Um, I, I actually the player that I think to watch is not a player as a coach is, is Parker. I think this is his chance, man. He's got to show something these last four games um, or else, you know, we might be looking for a different offensive coordinator uh, defensive player to watch Maggie. So honestly, the main thing I focused on with Pitt and maybe they've found something great with this new quarterback, but yeah, I'm relying on quarterback instability Yes, because um, Phil Dracovic potentially yeah. being moved to tight end. Yeah. as like a fifth year senior is just bizarre to me. Cause I mean, yeah. I, he's not, he said some things under name, but I don't think that he should have been benched. So yeah. I'm going to go with uh, someone who would challenge that quarterback. And so I'm going with Cam Hart because mm. I think maybe there could be an interception. There could be a, like a fumble, although I guess maybe Cam Hart wouldn't be involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also seen that recently he's been improving his draft stock. Mm-hmm. So I think that that just keeps going. I think he's been a very good constant on our defense. Um, so I'm going to go with Cam Hart. I think I might have picked him recently uh, as well. I was going to pick Cam Hart, but uh, I will pick Xavier Watts. Uh, I, I think just quickly about Cam Hart, um, it's interesting to note that he does have another year of eligibility if he needs it, but his draft stock, like you said, is climbing, so I doubt he'll take it. Um, but, boy, can you imagine next year with Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart at the defensive backs? It would be hard, hard to throw on us for sure. Um, and another, maybe another year of Xavier Watts, who knows, and Schuler, and all the, I mean, so much defensive talent on this team that's coming up. Um, did I pick a defense player to watch? I'm going to go with JJB, uh, John Baptiste. Uh, it's going to have a great game, uh, a couple of sacks, maybe a fumble recovery. How about that? Surprise player, Maggie. What's going to be your surprise player? Well, okay, so I'm still going with their quarterback not being very good. That's a lot of what my picks were based on. Yeah. So I'm going with junior. Tule Why Yamaka. did I do this to myself? Yeah, Tualamaka. Yeah. I um I think yeah, I was looking for yeah. someone who's kind of like mm-hmm. not the first person on the depth chart, but still mm-hmm. has been on the field. Um, so I think maybe, you know, he'll get a sack. It's not my most crazy surprise play that I've predicted, but that's what yeah. I'm going with. Well, I'm gonna get stay, stay in the same theme. A player that I want to see more of is Burnham, and I think uh, he'll have a couple sacks in this game too. I really think they're gonna harass, harass that quarterback. Um the tackle for the pit, uh, the offensive tackle, not very good. I think, you know, I think what uh, three of our picks are defensive linemen at this point. The other one's a defensive back. So, you know, we're certainly thinking that we're going to dominate in the passing game. And both of our players were wide receivers, correct? So mm-hmm. interesting. All right. Well, you know, this brings us to two of our, two of no- Pitt's best players are former Notre Dame players, Shane Simon and Sebo Flemister. Have you been following this at all, Maggie? Both of them having pretty good seasons. 
um, either one of them you miss or would take back or should be back on the team or what, what's your feelings about Simon and, and Sebo? Well, I know that they asked Marcus Freeman about it. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, as a Notre Dame fan, generally agree with what he said um, yeah. about like this, this being the good part of the transfer portal where we yeah. can have these two players who, I mean, running back and linebacker are two of our deepest positions right now. So like it makes sense why they transferred and it's great that they're being able to perform at this high level. I knew that SIBO was having a good year, but I didn't know until I looked that Shane Simon was also having a good year. So it's also great. And it also says something good about Notre Dame recruiting that they have almost too much talent in mm-hmm. those positions mm-hmm. that they're of excess, uh, excess players is kind of like a demeaning term, but like players who transfer from the program um, play and go on to have good seasons someplace else. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, and that's actually absolutely right. I do. I think neither one of them would get much playing time on this team. You look at the depth in our linebacker core. I don't necessarily think Simon's any better uh, than any of the linebackers we have playing. Um, perhaps some bad Maris Leafau, but Leafau's had a pretty good season this year. Um, Seba Flemster, same thing. He runs hard. I like him. I liked him when he was on the team, but is he better than Estime? No. Is he better than um, even Jadarian Price or, or Gibran Payne? Probably not, and he wouldn't want that role anyway. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I think it worked out for both every all parties um, involved. So um, congratulations to both of them for having good seasons, both good kids, supposedly, so good for that. All right, Maggie, give us your prediction. What's going to happen in this game? You know I don't like to do specific scores, yes, but what I'm trying to get better about doing is saying, like, the amount of points we'll win by. Okay. So I'm going to say that we're going to win by two touchdowns. Okay. I, I think you're a little even – I think you're being even too conservative. I think it's going to be three or four touchdowns. I think uh, – I actually think it's going to be 48 to 10. I think we're just going to destroy them. Um, it's going to be a really impressive performance. I'm looking forward to this game a lot. Um, all right. Let's get to other games going on here. Our picks for the week. Maggie, one of these days, I'm going to go back and look at how we did on all these and give you kind of a total. I don't even know who's winning or losing between us. Well, I know that in our on our ESPN picks thing, you're beating well, me. So yeah. I would kind of – I mean, I know we pick more games on that, but yeah. I would say that's probably how it's going. But I had a few games to pick. Some of them might be a little random. I ran out of five. I could only really pick like three. But the first one I have is Duke at Louisville, both of our past opponents. Um, they're both ranked. And I am going with Louisville because um, I just think Duke, although I like Riley Leonard, I don't think that he um, is in good enough health to play Louisville at home. Yeah. I, I'm going with uh, – uh, God, this game is going to be so defense. It's going to be not a lot of points scored. I'm going with Duke. You know, that's another person I heard actually that could be coming in, in the transfer portal is Riley Leonard. <laughs> I can't deal with the this. Si- the size says it all. I don't want to yeah. be wearing you suck uh, wristbands. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank um, you. Next, I thought this one could be interesting. Um, it's a rivalry, I would mm-hmm. say, maybe. It's Georgia <laughs> at Florida. Oh, um, yeah. Cocktail so, party. yeah, Georgia has had, you know, pretty good season. They're number one, so that kind of says yeah. it all. But Florida's also ranked third in the SEC. Mm hmm what uh east uh, yeah. i think so um and they're at home yeah. so i thought this would be kind of an interesting matchup it used to be called the world's largest cocktail party they call it something else now because they don't like that name but it, in my mind it all be the world's largest cocktail party 
which we should probably do the show from someday, Maggie. Um, but I'm going with, I, you convinced me, I'm going with Florida in the upset. I think Georgia is ripe for, a, for an upset. Really turn this whole college football season upside down. See, I was also going to pick Florida. Oh, um, well. But, you know, because I don't want to be the same, I oh. will go with Georgia. Oh, geez, um, maybe twist your arm to take the number one team in the country. Sorry. I'll be rooting for Florida. Well, also, I, I remember that Graham Mertz was on that team, and That's I right. can't root for Graham Mertz. That's right. I know so, you have a Graham Mertz thing. Let me just change my notes. I will be rooting for the yeah, Bulldogs okay. right. <laughs> instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but next is another ranked matchup. This one's pretty good. Oregon at Utah. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Although, Utah. yeah. Go uh, I'm going with Oregon. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Utah at quarterback. I will say, yeah. I feel like every week I check if Cam Rising's they playing. He's, and... not, he's done. They're, they're not going to play him at all this season. Okay. Yeah. So that's but, even more of a reason why I'm saying Oregon. Yeah. The guy Bennett or something like that, he started thinking so was a Barnes or something to be anyway. Yeah. They call him the pig farmer. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, a, <laughs> that's a, the coach said after yes. the, after they beat USC, we, they have a Heisman trophy candidate and we have the, a pig farmer at quarterback. Um, anyway, I'm going with Oregon as well. I think Oregon, people forget or think that they just lost to Washington and that's it, but they lost to Washington. They should have tied the game with a field goal, missed an easy, you know, they, and that was at Washington. I'm very impressed with the Oregon team and that, that game. So I'm going with Oregon. The next one I have is okay. This is these last two are ones that I kind of had to pick. Okay. Uh, interestingly, so it's Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee mm-hmm. lost to Alabama last week, so they're yeah. like lower on the rankings, and they're at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Would that affect their performance, considering they just are coming off a loss? Um, and it was pretty much, I think they were kind of close with Alabama for a bit, but I think yeah, but Alabama just ultimately oh, pulled away. They were winning at halftime, I think, and, and uh, yeah. just played a terrible second half. I'm going with Tennessee in this one. I think they'll be able to pass the ball on, on a really bad Kentucky defense and uh, score a lot of, enough points to win. Um, it might be a close game, but I'm going with Tennessee. I'm also going with Tennessee. Um, I would change my pick, but uh, no. I already did that once in the show. So yeah, um, I, I couldn't really tell you why. I just think Tennessee might have a little bit of trouble in the first half, but yeah. then ultimately pull away, maybe just like how Alabama did to them. Okay. Uh, the last one I have is Oregon State at Arizona. Arizona is actually, I believe, four and three. Uh, I believe, you have to three, look it up. I don't know. Five and three. They have three losses. Um, which is pretty good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be going with Arizona actually because okay. they're at home. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know why. Someone's screaming no. outside. Apologies. It's okay. You can sort of hear something, but nothing. Uh, it's not me. I'm not screaming. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna say Arizona. I couldn't really tell you why. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Oregon State. I just think they play a uh, real. Um, discipline type of football and i know they have uyungale who's you know hit or miss he is what he is at this point but i like the physical style and i think they'll be able to control the game against arizona who kind of plays loosey-goosey all right maggie there we go that's our picks for the week um i'm really confident going into this week maybe too confident i don't know we'll find out uh come saturday uh but until then maggie any final words I'll actually add a special oh. happy Halloween, everyone, and catch you on the flippity Whoa. flip. Oh, we, have, we should have done the scariest thing. Oh, shoot. Well, let's do the whole show again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go Irish.
Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. 